Poker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am still your host, Louise Salas, and with me, as always, is my very, very talented friend, my very own little sharpshooter, the mixtress, DC Gina. <laughs> <laughs> sharpshooter. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, now I'm like nervous where we're going with this. Okay, so it's a different kind of shooter altogether. Do you know the story of Calamity Jane? I mean, I kind of know who she is. Okay, well, she started off as Jane Canary, and she earned the name Calamity James, Jane um, because she was one of the rowdiest and most adventurous women in the Old West. Um, mm -hmm. She was a frontierswoman, a professional scout, and her ability to handle a horse better than a man and shoot like a damn cowboy earned her a spot in uh, Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. Um, and apparently she was kind of cut from my cloth as well, yours and mine it seemed like, because um, she had a talent for branding. So she wrote her autobiography and uh, was able to truly immortalize herself, um, and this is kind of fun, as a whiskey swilling whiskey swilling sharp shooting hero with a bit of a soft side she did it herself she gave herself sure married tag. well not really apparently she may or may not have had she a was taking the soft side out yeah <laughs> it would have just been one straight line like you know sharp swilling i like whiskey drinking that's yeah. kind of like whiskey swilling that. yeah and I uh like yeah she kind of sounds like somebody we want to hang out with uh yeah yeah yeah, it sounds like something very interestingly here. Mm-hmm. So mm. speaking of badass chicks, it brings me today's designated drinker. She's none other than the DC ambassador for Davos Brands, Jessica Weinstein. Welcome to the show, Jess. Thank you. May I call you Jess? Please. Okay. Uh, Gina calls you a lot of other things from what I understand. Uh, late. Most, <laughs> late. Most of after, to my face. So. Yeah, it's got to be after the bewitching hour. It's like midnight at a small table dark in a corner someplace. <laughs> yeah, it's different. Should we know different. what's going on at that dark table? I sandwiches. mean, sandwiches. 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 <laughs> chips. Yeah, a lot of chips yeah. sandwiches. Water. Maybe in this bar. Orange. 50 carbs. I don't know. Orange. <laughs> orange yeah. Yeah. Orange soda for me. I don't know. Orange soda. Orange Listen, orange soda these days is like the same thing as equivalent for me was saying like having a shot because it's literally so much sugar yes. and I'm not supposed to have it. So I'm like, oh my God, orange soda is so good. Now I remember why being a kid was amazing because you'd be like, oh, I'm trying to drink this fucking orange soda. Oh, that's so, it's like, and drink and, and chew hubba bubba and your teeth you know, feel like they're gonna fall out of your face. But you didn't as a kid because. Well, it's just because you had dirty teeth. You didn't care, <laughs> you know? <laughs> You didn't care. You're like, whatever. Meanwhile, I'm thinking right now, I had spinach for lunch, so there you go. those are my teeth. We got to get some uh, floss then. I know, right? You're good you to go. go. Yeah. So let's yeah. go back to badass chicks. <laughs> <laughs> let's go back to badass chicks. So I mentioned just that you are the ambassador of Davos Brands, but when you're not ambassadoring, what else do you do? So I also work as the director of bar concepts for Maidan in DC. So I get to do lots of fun stuff, working a little bit more on our relationships and menu production, training, and then anything we do that relates to the bars outside of the bars. So hopefully some fun things with Gina soon. Mm. Cool. Yes, now it's on, now it's recorded. Yeah. So it's really, wow. We so we just made that, yeah, we just, so now I'm, I'm more in. You're welcome. So, so for those of the, sorry, so people that do not live in Washington, D.C., uh, explain what Maidan is, because I feel like you know, if you're not watching DC and you maybe don't read um, any culinary magazines, because I think you guys have been in every single thing, um, what are you? What is that restaurant group? What do you do? So I think it is super important talking about Maidan to take a second to also chat on Compass Rose. Yeah. So Rose Previtt, who's the owner of the company, was living basically abroad with her husband, David Green, who works for NPR. And 
while she was living abroad, she got to do tons and tons of traveling, eat food in lots of places, drink all of the things ever. Amazing. And yeah, so cool. So yeah, cool. So the life I, I'd I, like to have. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm with her on that one. So at one point they were living um, in Russia and Rose, and this is not a secret, so I feel like I can repeat it, wasn't such a fan of living there. Don't worry, we'll just keep it between us. No okay. one's listening. Right. Yeah, no one's listening to this. Um, so she wound up actually spending a lot of time in Georgia, and when she was in Georgia, she totally fell in love with the wine there and the food culture, and when they finally back, moved back to the U.S., basically she went to Mike Schuster, who owns a few bars here in D.C., and she had worked with previously as a bartender and said, hey, look, I want to open my own spot. I want to dedicate it to global street food and wine from lesser known regions. And that's how Compass Rose came about a little bit over five years ago. That's awesome. Really, really awesome. But there was this thing about Compass Rose, which is that Compass Rose is in like this little row house. So we could never have live fire. But like street food, live fire has always been a huge part of that. So about three years ago, this gentleman who owns a building in Manhattan Laundry on Florida Avenue here in Northwest DC, came to Rose and said, I have this space, I want you to see it. Rose had no intention of opening a restaurant, but she went because this man was like very vivacious and very like, you're going to see the space. <laughs> so she was like, let me just see what this guy even has to show me. And she wound up showing him this building, which used to be a trolley car repair factory. Oh, wow. Which is now where we have a huge fire. So Maidan opened as a space that specifically focuses on Middle Eastern food. And we cook everything that is hot on a live fire, which burns from 1 p.m. until 11 p.m. every day. Wow. Yeah, it is the weirdest, like soul intoxicating space to be in. And it's really amazing to be a part of it on the bar side. So yeah, Rose welcomed me to be part of the team about a year ago, and we've been just like kind of reforming the bar and, and growing it from you know the, the first two years of operation, and it's been really, really fun, really cool for me. Cool. Yeah. So beyond just... Um, Wait, I have something oh, to ask. I have a question. Yeah. Logistics. One. It's 100 degrees outside. You have a live fire going. It's roaring at roughly 700 degrees, I'll say. It's so hot. <laughs> it's so hot. Um, okay, so we have a huge hood system, which actually the majority of That's the smoke goes. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> What's that even mean? I, I can't process that right now. <laughs> I think we should get a shot after that right. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give it up. Best yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I could not resist it. I could not. That was weird. Wait, tell me. I, I want to know. I think it's amazing. So, uh, no, there's a huge hood system, and the ceilings are very high. I have been in that space when it's been extremely, extremely hot, and that's when we had no AC for two days. What? Oh, my God. It was a not fun time. <laughs> However. How do you even have, oh, my god! How much gosh. weight did you lose in two days? That'd be awesome. Well, I was, did you take peyote? Did you take any peyote? <laughs> no, I didn't eat any peyote. That's what I would have been like. Well, extreme heat, fire, peyote. Let's trip my way Stop. through this. Yeah. I would, I would. Stop it right now. I would never want and to be And how do I get a kidney stone? Uh, kind of bar. I think with live fire? No. Yes. No. So what yes. do we have here, Gina? What do we have here? This is this um, is hers. So this is Sombra Mezcal. This is 100% uh, Espadine Mezcal from San Luis um, Potosi in Oaxaca. Nice. Cheers. 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 Great morning mm -hmm. snack. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. 
Honestly, way to start the yeah. day. I think for me, to, like mezcal, tequila, like agave spirits, like in morning drinks, like very simply, even like just fresh squeezed orange juice. Yeah. yeah. Delicious. Yeah. I just catch like so much cinnamon, so much fruit on this yeah. that I'm like, I could relax on it. Like just I a, could just be chilling on it without anything. A beach, but that's a rock in this. I like to appreciate cocktails. I like to just Spirit. drink neat mezcal yeah, and mean, martinis and uh, gin and sodas. Yeah. So. <laughs> if you want to know what drink to buy me, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> the simplest. We're not making a simple one today, so. Well, I'm we're, excited for that. We're gonna too. do a um, we're gonna do a fun little little cocktail for you. But so you're two days in in hell in Hades. How did it all come together when it was 100 degrees? I mean, how did you? Oh, I mean. I think that moments like that, honestly, they're just about the staff coming together and being like, we're going to do this thing. You know, we have about 300 or so people who come in and out of our doors every night. And the majority of those are reservations, reservations that get made over a month in advance. And it's pretty tough. We're a small restaurant. We try and accommodate people. But, you know, when you think about having to shut down for service on a night, when you have people who have waited for a month to come spend time with you, it's like... You know, it is the worst thing could happen. And it's not about the money. It's about taking that from somebody. And it's about not having the opportunity to share space with people, which is, you know, Maidan, what the word Maidan means, and I, I should have mentioned this a little bit earlier, is is it, it's a square. It's a meeting space. It's a place for oh, people to share time. Yeah. So um, I think moments like that are all about looking at each other. And, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. And it's just like you look at each other and you're like, okay. Tonight, we're going to do this. We're going to do this because, like, we want to, and it's the right thing. And, look, it wasn't a 1,000 degrees. It wasn't to a degree <laughs> that, like, people were like, we're not well. And we had fans, and it was, like, kind of weird looking, but, like, well, those we things have happen. stuff. Um, Life happens. I mean, it's yeah. not like you set out to do that. It, things happen. And sometimes totally. you just have to roll with the punches and do the best you can. And, you know, it. No one's losing a life. Yeah, sometimes they're up on the street right outside your door. You can hear it on the show. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you know, folks, yes, we are at Last Call again, Gina's uh, home bar. And uh, apparently we have construction workers right outside the window. Fun. Yeah, it is fun. So if you hear any, like, cursing in Spanish, we're sorry. (laughs) It was Uh, Gina. It was me. (laughs) It was was definitely me. Because we all know I can't speak Spanish, so. (laughs) Shut up. Don't look at me that look, Jessica. I didn't even I look at you. Uh-huh. You know that little sip of uh, mezcal, like right now, is like right here in the front, like your frontal lobe. It's like a ball of light. Yeah. <laughs> You're just kind of like I be meditating way too much. <laughs> nice. You know, it's kind of nice sometimes to just be like, you know, just experience what it is to offer. You know. Yeah. Like we're always like, oh, what can we put in it? What? You're right. Sometimes you don't need yeah. anything. Maybe. We're not going to do the cocktail. Maybe we're thinking of something different right now. Well, I mean, I'm down for both. Okay. Yeah. I don't know, you know, there's whatever. Time. There's All time right, for both. So let's talk about you. I want to talk about I want to talk about Jessica a little bit. Okay, right? you do that. I want to know, I want you to talk to people about like how you started doing all this, right? So one day you woke up, like there's plenty of people out there listening to this that have this bartender fantasy. Like they're gonna quit their jobs, they're gonna become bartenders. What do you, what what happened? How did you do it? What did you do? Okay. The quickest, most <laughs> concise version of the story, which you had to hear yeah. no, much longer and not concise version, is I went to boarding school for my last two years of high school. So when I was in boarding school at an unnamed school, because <laughs> something I'm going to say is a little bad, <laughs> um, 
we, some of us had like jobs and places that we helped throughout the school or in the greater community. And this was in upstate New York. So I obviously found the kitchen crew because the kitchen crew smokes <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> so everything's about access, right? <laughs> so, and, and they were awesome. They were very, they were like we are. Like, they were just real. They were like, this is what life is like. We know you guys are in high school, but we're not going to, like, shade you from it. Maybe we should. Maybe it's our job. But <laughs> um, either way, my first kind of, like, food and beverage mentor came out of the space. Her name was Rebecca. And um, she was just real with me, you know? And I would wash dishes and prep food. And not, nothing had anything to do with drinks, obviously. It's right. high school. Um, but the summer after, I was offered an opportunity where if I basically worked and helped run this catering program at my school, then I would get a scholarship for a free set of classes through SVA, which I was originally going to art school, that they did at my school during the summer. So I was like, cool, make a deal. It was wild. <laughs> it was a pretty wild time. They gave me the keys to a suburban truck. And I was whipping it all over upstate New York. 19? I mean, 18 oh, or 19? I was 17. 17 when I guess she just got southern on that. I'm upstate New York. Right, I was smoking cigarettes in the back of a suburban. Um, anyways, so that was my first, like, food and beverage thing, right? And so what I learned then was, like, the people, right? Like, the people, we don't have time for the BS. We're, like... Here, as humans, trying to do service, but also recognizing that everyone is a person outside of the space. And I loved that. I loved just like the realness of the, the humans that I was meeting, even though some of it was super, super wild and crazy and stuff now that I would be like, hey, <laughs> get it away. Um, but it was kind of the be beginning of everything. So I wound up moving actually back to Maryland. And I was in Baltimore at uh, school at MICA. So I was a fine arts student for my first year of college. Where, yeah, yeah, you know, if you saw me, it would make sense. Um, but <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was studying fine arts, and you know, my last year of high school, I got which it's, it sounds weird to say that now because it's a while ago, but um, my work all started looking at interaction like human interaction, like why are we here, who are we. The same questions I'm asking myself on a daily basis now um, kind of started to come out through my work. So I went to fine arts school where like the first year is foundational, it's all these things, and honestly, I got bored. I got bored. I was like, I have had this phase, and now you're making me like construct 3D images, and I was like buying peeps and making peep sculptures and <laughs> just like things that I was like, let's smoke weed, I don't care. Um, which yeah. I know, I shouldn't have said it, but I did. <laughs> we were all in college once. Yeah. It's also legal um, now, so move on. Yeah, yeah it's legal. So um, anyways, I wind up deciding actually that 18-year-old Jess is more concerned with a boy she likes who lives in DC and that I should stop going to art school and study mm. psychology instead. And so I moved back to DC. Yeah, who knows? I that's, mean, how you, that's a good foundation <laughs> for bartending. All right, um, 100%. Um, I get what you guys are doing. But um, so I wound up moving back to DC and starting school focusing on psychology. And through that journey, I started working in restaurants again. And fast forward a few years later, my older brother gets this job at this scotch bar in DC and he's like, Jay, and I was, I was 20 at the time, so I was almost 21. I'm still not even allowed to drink in America yet. And allowed, that's right. funny, allowed. Well, <laughs> anyways. Such a stink Stink Yeah, like, I'm not looking at you. So um, my brother's like, come meet 
my boss. Like, I think that he would really like you and, and this could be a good job. And he was like, I paid off all my debt working this job. So I'm like, great, like college dress is like, let's freaking do this thing. So I meet the boss, the boss is cool, the boss likes me, the boss hires me. I'm a server in the same restaurant as my brother and we crush it. We're just literally destroying it. If you know my brother, you know he's a very vibrant young man. And, I find it um, hard. To, <laughs> yeah. I find it hard to believe that your your family would be, you know, vibrant. I love <laughs> um, Weinstein sisters for life. Just saying. Um, so while I was at this job, basically, um, my boss at the time said, "Hey, look." Here's this book on whiskey. I want you to read it. You can read it on the clock. It's summer in DC. It's not busy. Take the time. I want you to really learn while you're here. So I read this book and I'm like, all of a sudden, it was like the rainbow road opened in front of me. And I cared about things I never cared about before. History, like literally the earth. <laughs> things that I'm learning about <laughs> through the perspective of spirits that like in school, you could not have paid me enough money to like actually sit and listen to I have this job, I'm still not 21. I learn a lot about scotch, I'm making the money, everything's cool, um, still in school for psychology, still like, this is not my life path. <laughs> and then I don't know what happened, all of a sudden it was like, boom, yeah it is. Uh, I had some like turbulent things happen in that 18 year old relationship, duh, and um, wound up taking a job with Black Restaurant Group, so obviously, meeting Jeff Black, uh, meeting Danny Wells, two of my mentors still to this day. So I started as a server at Addie's where I got to know the company and got to know Jeff. And then I started getting to know Danny Wells who was the original partner in Republic in Tacoma Park. And he brought me over to help open that restaurant and I spent a couple years there with them, which is where I actually finally started legally bartending. So <laughs> you were at the new Addies, though. You didn't work at the Addies. No, I was worked up at the old Addies on Rockville Pike. Yeah, I was part of the close. So it was crazy because there's the greatest bar ever in the history of dive bars right next door. Yeah. No, I think we're sitting in the greatest dive bar. Oh, so sweet. Some, yeah. Maybe 55 years. This place yeah, is like, it burned down, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was the first. Did you burn it down? So no, you could no, no, no. It was very sad. I felt yeah. super bad for that. Yeah. Well, yeah, me too. I love that bar. No, me too, so much. Yeah, the beers were the coldest they could possibly They were make. literally in a cooler. Yeah. They were like, you, it was like, here's Freezer. your money, go get your beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't serve you. It was, that was the greatest yeah. part about this bar. Yeah, it was, it was a true vibe, and it's this tiny little house, as was Addie's. I mean, yeah. both these really small places where you can really appreciate what it means to share space with people, because like, there's no way not to. Yeah. You know, we, <laughs> we have these bars now that are like, 30 seats long and everybody has like space around them. There's a hook for everything you could think of and a plug for all your appliances so you don't have to talk to anybody. And this is like, these spaces are the opposite of all that. Yeah. Like you're either in it or you should probably go home. Yeah. 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 There was a place that oh, yeah. we were in, uh, in Tokyo and there's an area, Golden Guy is what it's called. And it's the highest concentration of bars in the world um, because literally they are like the size of the, your bathroom here, Gina. They're so tiny and you can get like four or five people at the bar, but when somebody walks through, you have to stand up so that they can shimmy past you because it's really a bar and the person behind the bar has even less room. It's the craziest thing and they totally would not be legal in the United States because God forbid, there's a fire, fire because yeah. it, it, you, no one's, and there's upstairs to them. They're that small. And like, 
my husband is less than just shy of six foot and could had to duck underneath all the doors. It was the craziest thing. But yeah, you got so to. Cool. But the cool First thing. Of all, I love it. But to your point is, I met all kinds of people from around the world because yeah. you're like in this really small, concentrated space, and the bartender was incredibly entertaining. Um, and everyone spoke English, so at least we could like, or to some degree, yeah. and you have a good time. And it they all got drunk with you, which was very funny. But <laughs> every one of them. But it was crazy. That tiny, sorry, that yeah. tiny space made me think that you could not help but be like no yeah, one be there could, yeah, yeah. you were to your point you're very present and it was that's what made it special i'm here for it yeah 100 percent. yeah so i was part of the old addies team and then i went oh, to republic man. where i learned like just to follow through with everything that you ever say you're going to do so i'm very grateful thank you danny wells for all the things that happened that reminded me to follow through all the time uh, in the <laughs> kindest best way possible seriously um and from there i met jamie leeds love Character. Who's been on the show? Love yes. that. Yes, my um, mentor. Yep. Yes, and mine as well. Yeah. So uh, I met Jamie. She was getting ready to open Hank's Pasta Bar in Virginia, and she was looking for an AGM, and I was very qualified for that job. However, she was also looking for an AGM slash bar manager, which I had bartended probably, again legally, roughly 15 times. I knew a lot of about spirits. I knew what was in the drinks. I had no theoretical understanding of why, how, or anything else, really. <laughs> and, um, but I don't know. She struck me as this kind of person that if I said I could do it and I showed her I could do it, she'd let me do it. So I went home and I wrote a mock cocktail menu. I did a bunch of research on the internet and I'm like, sent her an email back and I said, I'd really like this job and here's the menu that I would create for the bar if you gave me this job. I did not know at this point the job was in Virginia. So <laughs> I was living in Adams Morgan with no car. And um, then it came forward that one, I got the job, and two, that it would be in Alexandria, Virginia. So just for, <laughs> just for you folks who don't know, she's talking about a difference of 10 miles. It's about 10 miles. Maybe. Maybe. Because, yeah, because I work. It's less. Yeah. yeah. And, and, so, and we also have mass transit. I mean, we do have. But it's like 35 minutes or 40 minutes can you use. So you just got to understand, D.C. is a lot like, I mean, you stay in your neighborhood. This is the funny part. Yeah. Because, you know, like if you live in, like, middle of the United States, it's a 35-minute drive to the damn grocery grocery store sometimes. Right. <laughs> I think we're just spoiled. <laughs> I'm totally spoiled. <laughs> Why do you live there? I was walking to work, mind you. I was walking to work for some time. Well, so. my husband wants me to move in the middle of nowhere, like South no. Dakota or something, like fucking no. have sheep or some shit. I don't know. Money. That's a whole <laughs> other conversation. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So this is, where, this is where I meet you, right? Yes. yes. This is where we met. Um, it is exactly where we met. On a number of occasions. <laughs> and yeah, so I took, I took that first gig with Jamie. And then from there, I was approached to take the bar management position at our DuPont Circle location. That was about a year into my time with the company. And about six months from then, I was approached with the opportunity to take over Hank's Cocktail Bar. And that is when I said, I'd love to do that, but I'd also love to remain in purchasing power at DuPont. And that was part of how my journey to being the corporate beverage director at JL Restaurant Group began. So what does um, purchasing power, how does that change your role within the, the space in the industry? So what it did and what I was intending it for it to do was actually less personal originally. It was, it was actually about 
giving this smaller bar, Hank's Cocktail Bar, the opportunity to have greater purchasing power because its decisions were directly connected with a much higher gotcha. volume space. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so for me, I felt like it was a more advantageous space for this, the new place that I was gonna take over to have. Gotcha. And it made more sense for the company. Eventually, it also wound up meaning that I was running two bars, <laughs> and that is what eventually allowed me to run six. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, I don't know the intrinsic intelligence that I had back then, but it really worked for me. No, I, um, I think. And I learned a lot from it. It's so. exhausting. I think when the, it's funny. I hate. We, we have decisions that make. I hate my new life. Come <laughs> on. It's not true. I think that. I, mean, we, I, I think it. sometimes the decisions we make, we don't always actually see the bigger what's happening like it's it's right now like right in yeah. your face it's short we're short-sighted but then you look back and you're like man that was I couldn't have done better or the reverse is like damn it well I also was like 23 <laughs> then right just to oh give my some gosh perspective. Shut up. yeah Shut so up. I was 23 years old when that happened and I had I hadn't I really Jamie liked... for giving you that opportunity to be honest yeah it was it was amazing you know I I showed up and I put 100,000% of myself into those businesses. And I applaud you for that. I mean, yeah. And it totally took her to say yes, and she was comfortable with it, and she totally supported me traversing this space that, yeah. you know, there had always been really cool bars in that company and yep. some very, very strong leaders, obviously, including... Well, I think we, we're looking at one. So it was... I had all my babies really with cool. Jamie Leeds, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We, while working for Jamie Leeds with Neil. Yeah. That would be quite the trick. I mean, it would have been an interesting story, I'll tell you that. That would be a whole... Such an adventure. Jamie, podcast. be a completely different podcast. In another life, <laughs> I want to have all my babies with you. <laughs> if you're ever listening. So you leave Hanks, right? Yes. So I like finally had that moment where I was like, I don't know what I want to do next, but I don't think it's forever this. Do you think that that is when you became super, like your time in Hanks, you know, coming, like coming into it, running a bigger program, you know, looking at like um, bigger picture, having so many people and people in the industry, realizing then, so Jessica's an amazing take on humans, like, and how people she needs to treat each other and what the industry needs and like this thing that she does. Somewhere in there, was it that time of like having so many people underneath you that you realize that like, we need to be like, there's, more involved or better human. There's like a greater what? responsibility. So I think it really came from two things. Um, the first of which was inward. So I went through my like coming of age mental breakdown called, oh my God, anxiety is real. Panic attacks are real. Yeah, so real. like I can, I am intentionally choosing to be vulnerable right now and like share this because I think that we, we need to share things like this. True. You know, when I talk about my take on humanity, half of it is like, tell the truth. Um, yeah. So, you know, 26, 27 year old Jess is running all these bars and I'm working hundred hour weeks and I'm like succeeding on the outside and everybody is telling me like, oh my God, how are you doing this? Like, look at this, these changes that have come through and things are really positive. But also I had trained my mind and my body to like live in this extremely stressful, not sustainable, not healthy space. And, you know, I looked at myself, I'm like, first of all, I have to do a lot now to get out of this and to learn how to be a high functioning person and not, also have panic attacks in closets. 
yeah. you know, <laughs> right, or walk. -ins. I, I like the walk in. The, the walk in wasn't my personal place because I don't like to be cold. However, <laughs> um, you know, and and the biggest thing that I realized through my own suffering and all the things that came with me deciding to change my life while still like, you know, I didn't change my life and move to Bali and say like, I'm just gonna live off the land and <laughs> cool. that. No, I was like, I'm gonna keep involving myself. I'm gonna keep pushing myself to do more and be more and bring more people with me. However, I'm gonna change a lot of the ways that I live because what I realized was it wasn't just about me because I was surviving and I was still thriving, but some people would have done what I did and not been okay at all. And everything that we do as leaders, we're teaching other people to do. And when I realized that, I was like, gotta let this go. Can't do it. Not the job, my own behavior. And I, I realized that you know the people that I had worked beside for all these years, I had many people who throughout the company had worked beside me since you know my first day Shara Kurtz amazing human who's now the assistant general manager at Columbia Room she was my very first hire in the company and she stayed throughout the entire time that I was there and every job that I left to take a new position she took that job behind me and she deserved it she deserved all the things and I looked at how I was showing my teams how to live and I was like it's great that they know I'll always be there but it's also not you know, for a variety of reasons. And I think that that kind of moment of darkness in my own life, where I realized and recognized I was really lucky to get myself out of some of those panic behaviors because there were resources, because I happened to work for a company that had health insurance that, you know, allowed me the, the opportunities to work on myself further. And, and not everybody has that, right? So we all have to be out here acting not only for ourselves, but our, our community as a whole. And that's been a big driver of kind of how I lead now, how I live my own professional life, my expectations, the way I communicate with people that I collaborate with or work for, um, and also the way that I encourage, you know, my fellows to do the same. I think one thing, like just knowing Jessica and this industry and, you know, in the United States and everything, you know, bartenders, Chefs, kitchen people, people that work in kitchen stuff do not take care of themselves. You know what I, I think mean? it's actually universal. But I think it's very universal. A lot of what you're saying, because we all know that I don't come from the industry and, and from the advertising space, it was the same thing. You you worked yourself to the to the to you bled, and if you didn't leave and it, if you left and had any kind of life priority, it was frowned upon, and you worked till the latest hour and whatever that deadline was, that it were deadline driven, so it's very, very stressful. I think it, your point is, is it's it, your your space is very universal and is something that a lot of us should heed. I mean, it's, these are words of wisdom, in my opinion, that it, it is true. You aren't leading, you aren't a good leader when you are breaking down and you are yeah. teaching and you even you if teach people don't see you breaking down but you're teaching through example you behave <laughs> yeah. like this to get here right. and you're right if you leading by example is the only way to be a good leader but the crazy thing is too and I, I think it's super worth mentioning on the tail end and not as a consequential piece but just as part of this full picture is last year in January I did leave that job and in the last year of my life and my career I've done more than I could have ever imagined yeah you know and I have done it not always um, doing the best things, but always learning from them and being so much less afraid than I used to be. And all those people that were there with me and I was there with before, they're still there, you know? And it's, it's a huge learning lesson to see, you know, we tell ourselves, 
that our self worth is so tied into this project or that project and it titles. Can, you know, it's and but it's, I, I, I'm right. I'm guilty of it. And, and, and money, that, of course. Yeah, sure. What Jessica? What a younger generation of bartenders? What like owners like such as myself or people that like are trying to push a bigger community and say, don't. I try very, very hard to keep everybody at 40 hours, right? Yeah. Because I know that at 50 hours, your skin starts to break. And at 60 hours, you're like, oh, and you just, you, you're chomping at the bit. Now, when you open a new restaurant, the old rules do not apply, <laughs> right? But generally, within the first two and a half, three weeks, you get yourselves back to 40 hours a week. You get back to normal. But, yep. like, this is something that, like, people really need to do. And I think as owners, as people that offer health insurance, as all of these things, you know, it's not a bad thing. Putting things together now, like, um, you know, managers, you know, teaching them how to, like, be better managers, how to manage other people. Yeah. It takes all the stress off of them. Because if you just, like, tell them, you need to take care of all this, and you give them no tools, they choose not to follow the tools, that's one thing. Yep. But if you give them what they need, it's just a better environment. Yeah. And you can't help but, like, thrive it. And I think, and I give you kudos because... It's a very brave thing to do to stand up and say, you do need these things. It's okay to want these things. It's okay to leave something and say, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Hmm. Totally. Because you didn't know. No, yeah. no, and I honestly, in some ways, I still don't. And yep. I think that that's, that's the really cool thing though, right? Like you have so many opportunities and, and options in our industry to make money, to meet people, to create spaces for lots of different stuff. And I think the thing is, when you work that 40 hour week, eventually like th that extra 10 or 20 hours that maybe you normally would be behind the bar, now you have the energy and the space to create something else, which you're gonna wanna do anyways. Yeah. So if you're already at 60 hours and then you're still that creative person who still wants to put out a new body of work, who still wants to keep learning and growing, then here you are like consistently never having time off and that's depleting like the energy that you have to offer the world, yourself yeah. and all of that and I think um, it's just a really important lesson to remember you really can define a lot in your life of how you interact with people, including your bosses, and, and especially yourself. You know, I, I really needed to learn that lesson, so I'm really grateful for, for 2019 kind of letting me Aww. see that. Yeah. I love her. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna make a cocktail using um, the mezcal, and then here's what it is. So this is like a, a fun little trick at home. So what we have on, the, on our glass is um, we took a little bit of paprika, and salt, and we mix it together, and we do like a little, you know, triangle pattern. Well, I don't it's know beautiful. Why. I don't know. I just triangle. So <laughs> we did a triangle pattern. Sometimes I do zigzags. I don't know. I just do whatever. Uh, we put it on the glass, and we're doing a Loganberry. Um, we're using a Loganberry Reserve, um, basically preserved to in the drink, because one, I'm fresh Loganberries are the. And you have to process them a bit. Like what, you are have those, to, what are those Loganberries? Like, uh, you have to like, <laughs> you either have to mix the Loganberry with something when you juice it. You have to either preserve it immediately because it gets super like uh, tart, like to the point where you're like, you can't, you ha need something to lift it. So I'm not British, like my last name's Trisavani. What? I'm not British. That's really? crazy. I leave it to the I leave it to the good people of um, you know Essex and <laughs> things such as Wales or Ireland to process Loganberries. They've been doing it forever. Yes. So I like use um, I use preserves. Yes. So this drink um, 
don't know, I'm feeling very 2020 about it. Apparently. It is uh, two ounces of the um, of mezcal, uh, one bar spoon or a half a teaspoon of the Loganberry Preserve, uh, half an ounce of um, fresh lime juice, and then half an ounce of Cointreau. Okay, or triple sack, whatever you want to use. Great. Cool? Cool. Careful. All right, we're gonna shake it and, shake. and put it up. Well, now that you said that, you can shake one. Oh, okay. Have a nice experience I just, here. We're gonna, yeah. <laughs> now that we have the experience, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm like scared to make noise. <laughs> the point no, of the podcast. No way now. I have two in here. Two. You're good. I have two. Okay. So now that we got our little froth, when you use anything like this or a puree or any other things, you need to double strain it because the last thing you want is all the stuff in your in your teeth, although. Oh, that's sexy though. I don't know, some people you know, do their own thing. And what you get from that is they're just a little pretty So color. it's like England meets Mexico. It is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hold on, whatever you just said. The answer is yes. <laughs> I didn't think about that, but sure. <laughs> um, so really simple, you could do this at home. You don't have to make anything fancy. You just go to the store, buy your favorite Loganberry Preserve. I don't know, I've never used the ones from Ikea, but I feel like, sure. Sure. You know? Then you need a little Swedish Loganberry. Yeah, you yeah. never had Swedish, Swedish pancakes at Ikea? In no, Ikea? No, no. You wanted and I what? And I live in college. You live so close. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I don't spend a lot of time at Ikea. As, well, my, that's my, your first mistake of the day. First of all, most people don't realize I don't spend a lot of time doing anything other than whatever from the business requires. I'm like, oh, I'll well, just, just do this all night. It's great. Um, all right, so now we have this pretty cocktail, and the reason why, why the paprika, the smoked paprika, <laughs> blah, um, because for some bizarro reason, smoked paprika and loganberry is actually really good. And I don't really know why. It's like, why, why is sumac good? I mean, it's good on everything, right? But it really happens to be very, very good. So are loganberries really sweet? Mm -mm. At least I don't think so. They're tart. You have to add like a ton you. of sugar. A little bit of tart. Yeah, I mean, have you ever, tart. has anybody ever seen them fresh? They look like little teeny pearls. <laughs> what? Why are you laughing? Because I called you I a just tart. Love, I love the dynamic between you two. It's, a, it's like a uh, real show. It's, a, <laughs> it's seriously a show. That is your <laughs> Thank you. This is Louise's. Thank you, uh, thank Cheers, you. everybody. Cheers. Cheers, 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 cheers. And uh, this is, this, there we go. Perfect. Yeah. Cheers. And I want to cheers. Oh, I'm here for it. Yeah. yeah. Do you like it like with a little bit of salt and the paprika? It's good. Yeah, I like the salt paprika thing. Um, oh, it does balance that. Oh, that's so it. good. It's a great breakfast. And then drink. you just get mm -hmm. um, it is a good it's breakfast drink. Yeah. One, yeah, I mean, well, it's, breakfast martini. There's jam. Have, yeah. There's spirit. Mezcal for breakfast. I'm here for a little it. salt. Yeah. For you know, get your sodium levels back up from the night before. <laughs> It's subtle. It mixed really well with the chia seeds I ate this morning. But the, um, that's where we're at. <laughs> I love chia. Did you, did you bloom them? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, last night. With Very nice. Milk. I'm into and that. honey. I'm you really, know. I'm into 20, it. 2020. So, all right. Gina, how are they going to get this recipe? Ask, okay, if you need to find the recipe, you go to designateddrinker.show. Wait, what was that? designateddrinker.show. And yes, Gina will have all the tips and how-tos on how to make this cocktail, and we'll definitely have a, a link over to uh, the Mezcal, where, what, what you're using. And, and now where you can see Jess. Yes, everyone will be able to see Jess and how um, 
our tea party. Because <laughs> you said earlier, wow. if anyone could see me, <laughs> they will. should follow see? you, right? Are you private or in public? No, public. Yeah, you should follow her because honestly, she does a lot of really cool things and like, you know, wellness, stuff like that, retreat. I mean, she's really kind of into it. You should like check it out. It's cool. It is. I think you're cool. Yeah, you can follow it, dreams underscore and underscore dram. Which is great. <laughs> it's a little hard to get to, but. Don't worry. We're going to have that you'll on our social media. You'll be found once you Well, arrive. if you're so. following Designate Drinker, you'll be there. Because we'll make sure when we Love post it. the episode, it's all there. All right. See, See how that works? Yeah, so Bring it, it together. All right, so here it is. <laughs> so my question is, you know, everybody has like, you know, they identify with themselves as some sort of magical, you know, creature, or, you know, you really identify with a rabbit, and you're like, that's my, that's my spirit animal. I want to know if you can identify yourself with an ingredient, what would you be and why? Ooh. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I love that reaction. I was really tempted to like journal and think about this for a minute, but I'll just give it to you for the sake of time. Um, <laughs> I think I would go with sal de guisano. So kind what? of like a... a what, a what? So this is a delicious salt that is made with worms and spices, and it's like citrusy. And if I didn't tell you there was worms, which I may or may not have done this to my vegetarian mom while we were in Mexico last week, you wouldn't know. It just has this very interesting, earthy, a little bit spicy, kind of fruity, salty flavor to it. And it's my favorite because again, as I mentioned earlier, like I don't always drink cocktails. Sometimes I just like to have a spirit with a little something on the side. And uh, I think that salt is, really awesome and i'm here for it yeah i love that love that oh, eat your worms eat your worms y'all <laughs> <I love that. laughs> all right all right it's I time think, yep all right. it's time done on the worm all right on the worm cheers, <laughs> cheers everybody cheers. thank you thank you thank you thank you